This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. Go back with me about 3,000 years ago, maybe 3,100 years ago. If you were in Bethlehem at that time, <clears throat> excuse me, just outside of Jerusalem, you may have known a man. He had seven sons. And he and his wife welcomed into their home an eighth son. Eight sons, can you imagine? Two daughters mixed in there. There's one. Somebody said, two roses among the thorns. His name was Jesse. The eighth son was David. Would you like to be David? Would you like to be King David? David is a character we read about in God's Word, and we know a lot about David. Maybe 3,000 times David's name is mentioned in the Bible. And what's, what's a bit unique about David is we get a picture out of God's Word of David all through every stage of life. Would you like to be King David? Would you like to be, would you like to be David when he's 10 or 11 years old and he's anointed to be king of Israel? Who in here is 10, 11, 12? Would you raise your hand if you're 10, 11, or 12? Would you raise, yeah, good. Who am I looking at back there? Is that Mr. Reem? Would you stand up for me, please? Look at that. Look at that. Look at that young man. Would you turn around? Would you turn around? We're getting some commentary back there. I'm sure it's good. <laughs> Get her a microphone, will you? Isn't that amazing? Would you like to be David? Would you like to be Jesse or David's mother? Ten years old, anointed king. Pretty exciting. I don't know what he was thinking about when he was 10, 11, 12 years old, anointed king. I imagine if he's like most boys, he used that against some people. <laughs> I would have. My sons would have. <laughs> I'm going to be king. <laughs> wow. Well, go with us about five years later. Now he's serving in the palace. I just saw on the news this week, some, some little team from, uh, some young team from Charlotte was at the White House. I don't know, I didn't know who it was or what they were there for. But I thought that'd be pretty cool. You ever been invited to the White House? I've intruded a time or two, but never been invited. But he's in the palace now. He's a young adolescent, mid-teens, mid-teens. Man, anybody in here 15, 16? You know, right down here, look at this. Look at these, look at this. Can you imagine that? All those people said, oh, me. Yeah. But we see David. Would you like to be David? Wouldn't that be cool? 
pardon me? Wouldn't that be neat? In the palace? What'd you do for summer break? Oh, you know, I was hanging out with Saul. Hanging out with the palace. Saw some pretty, pretty neat stuff. David, would you like to be David? Gets better, doesn't it? Gets better. Now he's in his late teens, and he slays Goliath. Wow. Now he's a national hero. He slays Goliath. He's not 20 years old yet. And he's 17, 18, 19. Anybody in here? 17, 18, 19 years old. There we go. There we go. Slays Goliath, national hero. Would you like to be David? Pretty good. Pretty good life at this point. And I imagine he's thinking at 17 years old, 18, 19, you know what? I was anointed king. This this looking at it, this is turning out pretty well. I'm envisioning a pretty nice, long, prosperous life, and it's this is setting up all pretty well for me. I don't think at 17 years old he had the mind of a 60-year-old. Not many 17-year-olds I know have that mind in terms of what they're thinking about. Slays Goliath. Goes along there for a while. He's a national hero. He's running around with Jonathan and in and out of Saul's house. And then, then, then I imagine he's thinking, 20, 22, 24, 26. I wonder when this king thing is going to take place. Like maybe I should be apprentice or I should be sitting in on some of the meetings or something. And then it doesn't go exactly like he had planned. Because somewhere in their late 20s, anybody here in their late 20s, 30s, somewhere around in there? Anybody? Yeah, there we go. There we go. So he's expecting about the time you're settling into your career, about the time you're getting to do what, what God has anointed you to do, then it all suddenly goes south. And he's no longer the fair-haired child anymore. As a, as a matter of fact, he's the number one enemy of the state. That's a, that's a long way from 10 years old being anointed king. You like to be David? Still like to be David? He's pursued by Saul for a few years. Time's marching on. Doesn't it march on? Now he's in his mid-30s. Remember that? Barely. How many of you in your mid-30s? Mid-30s? There you go. There you go. Mr. Fox raised his hand. No, he wasn't raising his hand. <laughs> Mid-30s. Yeah, Mr. Ream. Mid-30s. That's a nice time of life. We're thinking, we're thinking, should settled in pretty well. Not too young, not too old, just right. Right? Kids are growing. But it's not going like David had planned. Matter of fact, it's not going like he and his father Jesse had talked about so many times around the table after that, that big day when he was anointed. 
I don't know, maybe he's even getting some ridicule, maybe, maybe, maybe privately, maybe not privately, from some people that know him, maybe even his brothers. I don't know about that, David. You, you may have spoke a little too fast. Doesn't look so good for you. He's running. He's running. As a matter of fact, he teams up with 600 men. 600, that's a lot. But they're not the kind of men you'd like to team up with, particularly. They're all upset about something. And it hits a real low, low, low spot. I mean, they go out, and they're at Ziklag. They go out, come back, and the whole place is destroyed, burned, wives taken. I imagine David's thinking, Lord, dear God in heaven, what, what in the world? What in the world? I, I, don't see, I don't see a way around this. Then God does move. God does move. And he becomes king, at least part of a king, in Hebron, but part of the nation, still divided, for about seven and a half years. And I, I, I don't know, I imagine, I imagine that was bittersweet. I imagine he was happy to be the king of those people but was wondering if the nation would ever be rejoined and all that. And then about seven and a half years into it, he's in his 40s. Anybody here in the 40s? 40s? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're getting there. He said he, the, the kingdom is reunited. He moved to Jerusalem, beautiful city. It's God's city. He moves to Jerusalem, and now he's king. He's King David. Would you like to be King David? Oh, he said, man, it's been a long road from 10, 11, 12 years old. He settles in, and he has the promises of God and the hand of God and the call of God, and, and he settles in, and just being king and all the things that go along with it. About 20 years into that, he's getting into his 50s now. Anybody here in their 50s? God bless you. I see those hands. And he sins against the Lord. A mighty sin. With Bathsheba. And has Uriah killed. Death of a child. Like to be David? King David? At the time of life where you think, man, I've been through some rough times. This should be smoothing out now. Life should be easy, simple. Got these kids reared. <laughs> and but the devil hadn't stopped fighting. Like to be King David. And then it really doesn't get much better. 
Amnon defiles Tamar, is Absalom's sister. Family trouble. No hurt like family hurt. No heartache like children heartache. And at a time in his life when he's thinking, thinking, coast right on in. Mm. Would you like to be David? King David? He's still got the weight of the nation on him. But this is his personal life. King David. Then Absalom murders Amnon. Kills him. His own brother kills him. Would you like to go to that funeral? King David. And Absalom revolts to take his own dad's kingdom. And David's hitting 60 now. I'm, I imagine he's tired. Anybody here 60? It's looking younger and younger. Amen. Very young. I hope I look like that when I'm 60. <laughs> it's a long way off for me. <laughs> Three months. Uh, uh, yeah, his own son now is going to take his kingdom. Absalom, Absalom, my son, Absalom. David pours his heart out. He begs Joab to have mercy and not to hurt him. It's his own flesh and blood. And I, David's willing, more than willing to give up the kingdom. Just don't hurt my son. But Joab doesn't heed that. He kills Absalom. Study Joab's connection with Bathsheba for another time. Absalom. Absalom. David's in the twilight of his life. And then, right near the end, David decides he's going to number the people. He received counsel, don't do that. God said, don't do that. David said, I'm going to do it. He numbered the people. Want to know how strong he was? It cost him 70,000 of his own citizens as the hand of God executed judgment. Would you like to be King David? All of that, if you have your Bible with you, I'm reading in Acts chapter 13. We're not going to stay here long, but Acts chapter 13. And the most interesting thing is said, as Paul's preaching... He says in Acts chapter 13, he's given the history of Israel in the synagogue at Antioch. And afterward, they desired a king, speaking of the children of Israel, and God gave them Saul, son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of 40 years. Verse 22, Acts chapter 13. 
And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David. There's King David to be their king. To whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Now that's an interesting verse. In Acts. But you know where that came from? That came from 1 Samuel chapter 13. Would you take the time to turn back to 1 Samuel chapter 13? 1 Samuel chapter 13. First Samuel chapter 13, we see Saul, and he doesn't obey. He doesn't do what God commanded him to do. And he got rejected for be, as being king. First Samuel chapter 13. And if you look over First uh, Samuel chapter 13, look down, down to verse 11. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash. Therefore, said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. He was supposed to destroy everything. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee, for now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But I'm telling you what, not obeying God is serious. It's serious. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. Now hold on a minute. Are you in 1 Samuel chapter 13? Do you know when David gets anointed king? <laughs> 1 Samuel chapter 16. Hold a minute. Hold a second. A man after God's own heart. Samuel says to Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 13, I've found a man after my own heart. David hadn't been anointed king yet. He's 10 years old. Now, this is a parenthetical thought. It has nothing to do with the message. I just think it's fascinating. God knows about your entire life, and he knows about my entire life. Isn't that great? Isn't that something? I've heard that verse forever. David, a man after God's heart. David, a man after God's heart. I'm thinking, yeah, looking in retrospect, we look at David and he uh, confessed his sin with Bathsheba. God said that about David when he was a child before he was ever anointed king. But in the heart and mind of God, he was anointed already. In the heart and mind of God, it already happened. We serve a great God. Time is nothing to him. I mean, it's all just one whatever. <laughs> I think that's fascinating. But that's not really the point. The point is, David, a man after God's own heart. Now, why could, how could that be? How could that be? I mean, from the time he was 30 years old, 
till he was 70. Mostly what we have recorded in Scripture is trouble. Mostly. I'm sure there were a lot of good days. But mostly what we have recorded in Scripture is trouble. In life of David. And yet God said, twice in his word, he has recorded for us, that David is a man after God's own heart. Why could that be? I think there's, I think God's word gives us, shows us some areas that may lead us to understand something about that. Would you turn with me, please, to the 107th Psalm? The 107th Psalm? Long introduction and a short message. The 107th Psalm. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. He led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. Verse 8. Oh, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, exclamation point. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, exclamation point. Look at verse 15. For the sake of time, we won't read it. It's just recounting the history. It's recounting the history of Israel. Verse 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Exclamation point. Verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Exclamation point. Verse 31. The same thing. What does God want? Why were we created? Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. God needs nothing. He has it all. He is it all. And he created us. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. What about this David? A lot of tough days. He did not leave what we live, what we would call a stellar, exemplary life. But I tell you what he did. You with me in the 138th Psalm? The 138th Psalm? And as I've been reading through the Psalms, and you read through the Psalms, you'll see this time and time again. Here's a Psalm of David. And I think maybe on purpose, we're not sure when David wrote this psalm. I don't know if when he was 10, probably not, 17, 30, 50, 60, 70, I don't know. There's some speculation about a passage in 1 Samuel, but I don't know. What does he say right here? 
I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answeredest me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Hold it a minute. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. For his wonderful works to the children. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Verse 6 Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, who? Think that's David's testimony? <laughs> Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect excuse me, that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the words of thine own hands. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Help us as we look into your word here for the next few moments. Guard our thoughts and our words and May we be encouraged together by what we learn from your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. How does God, how does David, how does David get declared as a man after God's own heart? Well, to begin with, God did it before he was even a man. <laughs> that's pretty amazing to me. But that's the testimony. But through all that, through all those trials that David, through which David lived, and it, it, it's, it's an enormous weight of trouble, is it not? An enormous weight of trouble. He pins right here. I will praise thee with my whole heart. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Three things quickly. Three things that... I've been encouraged with from Psalm 138, thinking about David. I will praise thee. been convicted by my whole heart. First, we see the declaration of praise. The declaration of praise in the first three verses. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Praise. Yada is the word, the Hebrew word there. Praise. Just what you think. Give thanks or confess. Not confess as in admit. Did you confess to it? Confess as in proclaim. I think David, I think David was an enthusiastic praiser of the Lord. God said, that's a man after my own heart. I think at 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, I think at 17. I think he praised God. i tell you something else, interesting, something else interesting about this little word praise. Is it says to give thanks, to celebrate, to show or point out with a hand extended. What do you do? What do you think happened yesterday? Excuse me. What do you think happened yesterday? Ms. Reed's not here. What do you think happened yesterday when Georgia missed the field goal? What do you think happened on South Carolina? Yes! Right? Everybody does the same thing. Yes! 
Did you know I read an article? I read an article that says that they've studied that blind people who have never seen celebration do the same thing when they celebrate? Yes! It's innate. The only people that can suppress it are dead Christians. It's innate. Yes! Isn't that right, Ryan? Yes! Oh, that men would praise the Lord. God said, a man after my own heart. David said, I've had some trouble. In fact, it's a testimony right down here. Right down here. Though I walk in the midst of trouble. He knew trouble. And he still said, in Psalm 138, I will praise thee with my whole heart. And I wonder, do I ever praise God with my whole heart? Do I ever praise God with my whole heart? I dabble at it once in a while. I hit at it. I kick at it. I turn the radio up every once in a while. But do I ever really praise God with my whole heart? Because that's what God wants. He doesn't need my work, my ability. All he wants is my praise. That's all he wants. And my obedience. Do I ever praise God with my whole heart? That's David's testimony. I'll praise God with my whole heart. This is what Spurgeon said about it. He said, had half the time spent in councils and controversies been given to praising the Lord, the church would have been far sounder and stronger than she is. The Hallelujah Legion will win the day. We should have a sign-up in the back. You want to sign up for the Hallelujah Legion? Some of you wouldn't be accepted. Some of us wouldn't be accepted. The Hallelujah Legion will win the day. Praising and singing, now get this. Praising and singing are our armor against the idolatries of heresy, against there are comfort, excuse me, under the depression caused by insolent attacks upon the truth, and there are weapons for defending the gospel. Praise. Hold it. You know what? I've spent a lot of time griping about the idolatries of heresy. I've spent a lot of time griping about the insolent attacks upon the truth. And I spend a lot of time griping about the way people don't give heed to the gospel. When I should be praising. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Spurgeon goes on to say, Faith, when displayed in cheerful courage, has about it a sacred contagion. Contagious. Others learn to believe in the Most High when they see His servant. And I wonder if my neighbors have any idea about the power of God Almighty because they've watched my life. Do I ever praise God with my whole heart? That's all I have to do.
Imagine that. I will praise with my whole heart. Look at verse 2. He goes on. He says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. You ever think about God's loving kindness and his truth? Psalm 26, if you just turn back a few pages, you'll see that, those phrases exactly. Psalm 26 and verse 3. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. That's a psalm of David as well. Hold it, David, a man after God's own heart. Hold it. David who said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. And he says in the 26th Psalm, For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. The 40th Psalm, verse 10 and 11, is we're just turning the pages back toward 138. The 40th Psalm, verse 10, I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. This is a psalm of David as well. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Withhold not thou Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. For thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. The Bible says God is abundant in goodness and in truth. Thy loving kindness and thy truth. Hold it. David said, I'll praise thee with my whole heart. He says, I see thy loving kindness and thy truth. Continue on in verse 2. He says, interesting phrase in verse 2, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. I'll let you study that on your own sometime. A lot of it, a lot of, lot of packed into that. Thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. But the point is, all of God's attributes, his omniscience, his, om, his omnipresence, all of his attributes are clarified by His Word. He's magnified His Word. Do you know what we have right here? God says, I've magnified my Word above my very name. And we have it. Inspired, preserved, we have it. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. God's word creates, Genesis chapter 1, and God said 13 times in Genesis chapter 1, and God said, God's word creates. I'm talking about God says, I've magnified my word above my name. His word sustains, 119th Psalm. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. God's word quickens. Quicken thou me according to thy word in the 119th Psalm, verse 25, 107, 154. Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. God's word comforts. 123rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. You ever needed that psalm? God's word comfort. God says, I've magnified my word above my name. David said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. God's word comfort. You ever need Romans 8, 28 to know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose? You ever need that verse? The comfort that it brings? Isaiah 40, 43, 2. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. You don't have to turn there. I'll read this to you. 43, 2. This, this is an amazing passage of Scripture. This is a promise to, to uh, Israel, but this is the same God that, that you and I serve. When thou passest through the waters, 
I will be with thee. Those are the, that's the deep water that Mr. Odom was talking, Brother Odom was talking about this morning. You want God with you? Jump in. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Verse 5, fear not, for I am with thee. And David said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. God's word comfort. And he said, be content, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, be content with such things as you have. How can you do that? Because he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. Continue down to verse 3, if you will, please. In the day when I cried, thou answeredest me. You ever need an answer from God? Have you cried? Talking to a precious lady this morning over in our Spanish church. She wept. She has great needs. Right, Brother Fernando? Great needs. I can't meet the need. I just tell you, I can't do it. I don't even speak the language that she speaks. But you know who does? God does. And God hears. And God answers. Prayer. Thou answeredest me, call unto me, and I will answer thee. And this is the confidence, John says in 1 John chapter 5, that we have in him. That we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. David says, Thou answeredest me. Thou answeredest me. No wonder he said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. No man doubts the power of prayer after he has received an answer of peace to his supplication. It is the distinguishing mark of the true and living God that he hears the pleadings of his people and answers them. The gods hear not and answer not. That was the difference on Mount Carmel. One lonely man, Elijah. And he prayed to the God of heaven. And he heard and answered. Because God hears and answers. The gods hear not and answer not. But Jehovah's memorial is the God that heareth prayer. Where are you today? You say, I don't, you don't understand what I'm going through. I don't understand what you're going through. I don't know, but I don't need to. God does. And he hears and answers prayer. I don't know about the aching, the aching heart of the, of the lady. A friend of mine in Knoxville who I talked to this week, he said, I'm going in for kidney surgery. I texted him Wednesday. How'd it go? Everything went fine. I'm ready to go home. I got word yesterday morning he died. And his wife and his children, hold it. I don't know. I don't know how to face that. But I know God hears and answers prayer. 
And David said, David said, I will praise you with my whole heart. Thou answerest me. Verse 3 continues. And strengtheneth me with strength in my soul. <laughs> See, I want a physical answer. I want strength in my back, my aching back. <laughs> I want strength in my ailing automobile, right? My waning checking account. No, he says, strength in thy soul. You know, time goes on and age and frailty, but the soul can remain strong and become stronger. John says, he's writing, he says of Gaius in 3 John, verse 2. He prayed about Gaius. He says, I hope you're as healthy as your soul is. Isn't that a great testimony? <laughs> if I was just as healthy as my soul is, I wonder if I'd even be standing up here. I wonder if I'd have to call in tomorrow. Strengthens me with my soul. He says, the declaration of praise, I will praise you with my whole heart. The declaration of praise. The expansion of praise, verse 4 and 5. The expansion of the scope of praise. This is easy, verse 4. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee. We know that, as God's word said in Romans Chapter 14, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Confess to God. Not just admit, but confess, declare that He is God. Declare that He is God. You can go back in Daniel chapter 3 and Daniel chapter 6. I won't, we won't turn there for the sake of time tonight. Remember Nebuchadnezzar and Darius? Don't you love those stories? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar sets it up. He says, you've got to bow down the, the, the idol, the, whatever you call that, statue. You've got to bow down. Shadrach, Meshach, those guys said, we're not going to do it. He said, if you don't do it, I'm going to cast you in fire. And they did it. Oh, the men would praise the Lord. And he did cast them in the fire. And he looks in there, and there's four men walking around. Remember what happened when he got them out? He says, all right, I'll tell you what. Here's the decree. Their God's the God. How did that turn around? Just like that. Not a petition, not a rally, not a coalition. Three Hebrew boys who would not bow. But praise God. Turned it around just like that. Because they had the courage to do it. <laughs> then Darius, then Lion's Den, same story. You say, well, three boys, take three boys. Well, for Daniel, it only took one. Cast me in the Lion's Den. Oh, Dan, you all right? He says, yeah, I'm fine. 
He said, I'll tell you what, here's the decree. Your God is the God. Just like that. No committee, no coalition, no rally, no fundraising. Just praise God. That's it. Just praise God. I wonder what would happen in my neighborhood, the people I know, the people I conduct business with, if I just praise God. wonder what would happen in Hickory if every member of Tabernacle Baptist Church, of which I'm a member, just praised God everywhere we went. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. David said, I'll praise him with my whole heart. And then finally, and this is a great promise, the causation for praise. We'll head to verse 8, but let's run through verse 6 real quickly. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. But the proud he knoweth afar off. And I'll confess to you tonight, I'm, I'm afraid in my own life. But the thing that keeps me from praising God like I should and know is just the filthy, rotten pride in my life. Just the rotten pride. God has much to say about it. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination in him, a proud look, first thing. God resisteth the proud. That's the far off right there. He resists, pushes back the proud. Romans chapter 1, it's listed. It's listed with haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters. That's a nasty list. God hates it. He hates it. He hates it. Take the time if you don't if you don't mind to turn to Isaiah 57. We're close there. Isaiah 57 and verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one, capital O in one, the high and lofty one. Remember in 138 Psalm, David says in verse 6, Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect to the holy. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity. Can you imagine that? Inhabiteth eternity? The high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is Holy, capital H. I will dwell in the high and holy place, God says. With whom? With him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. There's not enough contrition in my life. 
138 Psalm says, The Lord be high, yet he has respect unto the lowly, and the proud he knoweth far off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. That's what he said in Isaiah 57. Though thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Verse 8, here it is. Now this is great. This is great. You need a promise to carry you through this week? Through this month? You need a promise? Take this one and chew on it a while. You ready? The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. That's all I need. What else do you need? The Lord will perfect or complete that which concerneth me. You find this twice in Scripture. You find it in Psalm 18. You find it also in 2 Samuel chapter 22, Psalm 18, verse 30. As for God, His way is perfect. Now that's good. Now all God's people said, amen, God's way is perfect. And then I've drawn a line from there down to verse 32 because it says in verse 32, and he maketh my way perfect. That's great. As for God, his way is perfect. But the psalmist said right here, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. That which concerneth me. He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it. Philippians, Paul said in Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 2, he said, it's God which worketh in you. It's God that worketh. Remember the God that inhabiteth eternity? Same God. The God who's exalted his word above his very name, same God. It's God that worketh in you, both the will and the do. And David said, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. David, would you like to be King David? Ooh, a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. But he said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. And long before he became the king, long before he ever committed good or bad. God knew. And he says, I've found, me, I've found me a man after my own heart. Why is that? Well, I think one reason he was willing to confess sin. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But, oh, that men would praise the Lord. And David says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. You have a hymn book close to you? In the chair in front of you? Here's how Margaret Harris said it. Him 256. Him 256. David said, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Do I ever praise God with my whole heart? Margaret Harris said, When I saw the cleansing fountain open wide for all my sin, I obeyed the Spirit's wooing. When he said, wilt thou be clean? Though the way seemed straight and narrow, and all I claimed was swept away, 
my ambitions, plans, and wishes at my feet in ashes lay. Here it is. Blessed be the name of Jesus, exclamation point. I'm so glad he took me in. He's forgiven my transgressions. He has cleansed my heart from sin. Glory, glory to the Father. Glory, glory to the Son. Glory, glory to the Spirit. Glory to the three in one. David says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. I will praise him. I will praise him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all you people. Give him glory, all you people. Give him glory, all you people. This Margaret Harris is a bossy woman. <laughs> She's trying to help us. Give him glory, all you people, for his blood can wash away each stain. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.